to the mini break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, May 19th. Ugh, what a day in the Division I college tennis world. We know the four teams that will be competing for the Divi- in the Division I, excuse me, men's semifinals. We also know the two teams that will be competing in the D1 women's final, but we'll save that D1 women's talk for a different podcast here. I'm going to focus on all the action that unfolded in what was a two-day NCAA Division I men's quarterfinal session. And joining me to help recap it all is the man who has joined me throughout the course of our broadcast, not just throughout May Madness, but throughout the course of 2023, 2022, really since we've been doing this here at Crack Rackets. Of course, he's a man you all know best as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula. Predictions never far from the listed UTR, one of the many dames to root for the Liberty Flames, the professor, the lean, mean, vegan machine. It's Chris Halioris. Chris, what are we? Eight and a half hours, however long the tennis was today. How are you feeling, my friend? Your reaction right off the bat. I I mean, what a day. I'm not going to lie. I was up earlier than I get up for work to play pickleball here this morning. But then we started at 10 a.m. with the men's, finished it off with the women's match here at the end. It's been a long day, and it's been a great day. Some good tennis. A long day and a great day indeed. And on today's show, for those of you listening to this in podcast form, I know we kept some of you from our YouTube stream again. We are going to focus on the Division I men's quarterfinal action. We're going to recap what were four uniquely intriguing matches. And I say uniquely because all of them were intriguing for their own specific reason. Of course, in the end, to just give you the brief synopsis, I think we have the four best teams remaining and competing for the Division I Men's National Championship on the left side of the draw. Top seed Texas 4-0 winner over South Carolina. They'll take on a University of Virginia team. You're defending NCAA champions who earned a testy 4-2 win over Kentucky. Of course, right side of the draw, the Ohio State Buckeyes, 4-3 winners over Georgia in what was probably your match of the day. They're going to take on a TCU team that flexed their muscles in a 4-1 victory over the University of Michigan today. Of course, before we get to any of the recapping, got to give a massive shout out to so many different people, whether it's fans, players, coaches, anyone who comes up to us and says, you're Alex, you're Chris. Here on the grounds of the USTA National Campus, I can't tell you how much it means to us. It means the world. I see the pep in Chris Halioris's step. Obviously, I've got some hubris on my own right now as well. It's just, this is what it's all about. We have wanted to connect with the college tennis universe. That's why we started this show. That's why we do what we do here at Crack Rackets. And I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but I'm going to. I think our experience here in Orlando epitomizes that fact, what we've been looking for, to have so many people in the college tennis universe embrace what we're doing. It means the world to us so sincerely on behalf of Chris, Jay, Archit, Dalton, Westoff, everyone who's contributed to our Crack Rackets college tennis coverage. Thank you to all of you for making it feel so special. Of course, a massive thank you as well to our dear friends at Tennis Point for their continued support of all the things we try to do here on this mini break podcast feed to find all of the latest and greatest equipment in the tennis world. All you got to do is go to tennis-point.com today. You use our promo code CR15. Not only will you let them know we sent you there, you'll get 15% off all sale items, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, tennis-point, symbol not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, I think that's the first time I've had the opportunity to catch my breath breath. today. It's been that good a day of tennis. Let's get chronologically into everything we saw on the day. Again, we're going to recap the four men's quarterfinals on this show. Preview tomorrow's two semifinal matches as well. Let's start with what I anticipate will be the quickest of our recaps here. Chris Halioris, number one, Texas looked like a number one overall seed often looks. They earn a definitive shutout victory 
uh, over their opponent, South Carolina. Now, this was a match that started on Thursday, and Texas took a dramatic doubles point in that match, saw a 4-0 lead for Cleve Harper, Elliott Spaziri dissipate into 4-0. They actually trailed 5-4 on serve in that set on one, did Texas, before they ultimately took the final three games of the match, 7-5 at that number one spot. That ultimately earns the clinch in the doubles point now again. On Thursday, we had what I was told was records amount of rain here in Orlando. As such, about towards the end of just about every first set, uh, all of the matches were suspended. All the quarterfinals were pushed here to Friday. And so I bring that up because for this University of Texas team, it was about four all, five four on just about every court remaining. Win play was suspended on Thursday. Well, folks, Here's how things turned out for Texas. They come out of the gates. They secure first sets on courts two through six. You know, they ultimately earn three straight set victories in Braswell, Waldeep, Harper, three, four, and five. But here's the biggest takeaway for me about these Texas Longhorns. They spent less than an hour on court here today. They look the part of top seeds, Chris. They won with their depth, which is what the best teams do. There's my editorializing. I'm going to let you speak now. I'll take some time to catch my breath. Your thoughts on what we saw from the Longhorns? Yeah, I mean, first off, I I, I don't I don't curse on these shows, and I'm certainly not going to do it in the middle of the USTA office. But they're freaking good. I mean, that's all. I mean, that's the takeaway from Texas, South Carolina. We knew it was going to be an uphill battle, especially after they dropped that doubles point, and it was probably unlikely. Texas didn't even give them a chance to make it a battle. It's rare that you see a match like that that doesn't ever get close. We never even had a a five or ten minute window where we said, wow, South Carolina's got a chance to get back in this one. Texas just ran away with it right from the start. They took the doubles point yesterday. We got back out there today. And right from the get-go, they went. And like you said, less than an hour, they're done. And they're out of here. It was just super, super, I mean, impressive performance from them. There's a Lions radio announcer. I like this that now that we're in the show, I can go back to being my, not that I'm that formal during the broadcast. I just say go back to being myself. I want you to know, as I said that, you all saw Chris laugh live. If you're watching this show live, also, I'm going to say it number one on the Cracked Rackets intern power rankings. Our guy, Archit, here immediately looked at me, and I will swear. He's like, shut the fuck up, Alex. You're exactly the same <laughs> on the broadcast. <laughs> um, you guys gave me a funny look. But now I get to cro- Detroit Lions uh, radio announcer Dan Miller, who the iconic line when the Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings in overtime, pack the bags, start the plane, this match is over. You're absolutely right. As Texas took sets four, sets five uh, in those first sets, and in particular, it just felt like P.Y. Bailey taking that breaker over Connor Thompson. You could pack the bags. You could start the planes. This match was over. And big picture here for Texas. Because, again, with all due respect to South Carolina, Texas rolled them. Texas looked like the team that had reached a semifinal in Orlando back in 2021. They looked like a team that had reached the national indoor finals earlier this season. They looked like a team that had lost only three matches all year long. And who were those three matches to? To two schools in Ohio State and TCU who are still alive on the other side of the bracket. Texas looked the part of top seed. And big picture, Chris, I think the thing that matters most, Micah Braswell is back. The junior who was lights out as a freshman. He's dealt with injuries for the past 15, 16, 17 months. We just haven't really seen the best version of Braswell since the end of that 2021 season. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, whether it was his win over Will Jansen in the round of 16, whether it was his straight set victory today, again, in dominant fashion over a James Story who took Blaze Bicknell to town just a week ago. If Braswell's back, I just don't know how you're beating this Texas team. No, you're right. And I think just as important to me is the fact that they look, it was a slight advantage and nothing that could be done about it. Honestly, a slight advantage to come out for them today and have had already played the doubles point and most of the first set in those matches. But in them getting off the court in less than an hour, you saw the effects in that Ohio state Georgia match of the heat, those teams spent some time out there. Texas spent less than an hour on the court today. 
and they were the first team to do it. So not only did they spend less time, they did it earlier. They're going to be well-rested. There's no doubt they're well-rested. That is great. But yes, to your point, uh, and really for me, it's two guys. It's Micah Braswell and it's Cleve Harper. Mm -hmm. Braswell has had foot issues. Harper had wrist hand issues. Both of them now look to be fully healthy. If those guys, you know, and and it's both of them to me because if you get if you get a slightly injured Cleve Harper, maybe you can compete with him. Mm-hmm. But when that when he's fully healthy and at five, that's it's going to be just as hard to beat him as it is to beat Micah at three. Uh, it's they're just so solid up and down that lineup. I'll say it now: if you're going to beat them, you need to win doubles. You need to beat them at six. And I still don't know where you find two more points. No, absolutely. Even our Millie won a set today, and like Toby Samuel is up seven six on Spazier, but that's Toby freaking Samuel. Like, not every team bring. I guess all the teams remaining bring a Toby Samuel to the court because you're like, who are the one singles left? You're like, okay, Rodash is a Toby Samuel. Uh, <laughs> Boulay, maybe less so, but like. Certainly, Fernley, look at how he split with Styler. He's at the level of Toby Samuel. And honestly, if Boulay's weapons are clicking, so is he. Um, yeah, I, Texas looked at this is the other thing, and it's an inta- it's a non-quantifiable thing. They just walk like they're the top seeds. They carry themselves mentally. Like the amount of deference and respect South Carolina kind of showed Texas early on, like, yo, we're playing the top seeds dog we gotta chill a little bit here or just like you know again these guys are gonna come out and smack us south carolina came out to slow starts on in each day on thursday on friday texas did not and texas was kind of like oh it's cute you've had a great season south carolina but we're here for business and you're just one stop along the way and i do want to say samuel's coming back thompson's coming back story's coming back pool's coming back De Silva is going to be even better next year. And I know they lose Lambling and Beasley, but like as long as Josh Goffey doesn't go to Clemson, which is an open job, it's his alma mater. I am not reporting nor speculating in the slightest that there is any even inkling that he would head towards Clemson. Let that record show, but it's a storyline we're all going to be thinking about a week from now. So barring that happening, Chris, and I don't know why he'd leave because he's got all of his horses coming back next season. Final thoughts on South Carolina before we move to our next match. Yeah, look, I don't care who you are. If if all if you're losing two guys and they're four and six or four and you know obviously a key key yeah, piece sure. of doubles, but four and and six or lower, you're in good shape for the next season. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean this Texas team. Archit's joking around. I see it in the chat. That's hilarious. The thing I will be most mad about is if they win a national championship because there's a podcast we did previewing this team in January. I did a 10-minute monologue on how we've talked about this Texas team being a year away since 2021. Last year, it was injuries that prevented them from being that year away. Yeah, they're no longer a year away. The time is right now. They're not a year away. They're two matches away from a national championship. And yeah, that is a confident-looking Cleve Harper. Westoff, I don't know what you just did. But shout out to you, because that was awesome. Uh, Thank you for showing us those video highlights. And maybe we'll do this at the end of every broadcast now. So if you're listening to this mini break on in podcast form, no, at the end of our broadcast for the rest of these days, we'll be going live here at the USTA National Center, Texas, 4-0 winners. Yeah, if you see Bruce Burke tan on court tomorrow, it's because he got to sit poolside. He had the entire afternoon to relax. It wouldn't shock me if Texas came and practiced around 6, 7 p.m. here tonight because they only did get an hour on court. And again, for these athletes, an hour is just not enough. That said, you see Texas on your screen, 4-0 winners. They advance to face the defending NCAA champions in the University of Virginia. And look, The pause in this match, the fact that it was delayed from Thursday to Friday, I think it was just much more significant for the Hoos and for Kentucky than it was in that Texas-South Carolina match because with all due respect, again, South Carolina fought. It was one-way traffic for the most part, and that's a credit to Texas. This Virginia-Kentucky match was anything but one-way traffic and you do wonder if this match was played over three hours four hours consecutively in this 90 degree florida heat as opposed to having you know a night to recuperate a night to recover a night to reassess game plans and have some of the best tactical adjusters in the game in andreas pedroso you know scott brown tret huey come analyze what went wrong on day number one 
Look, the Who's bounced back extraordinarily strong here on their way to a 4-2 victory over Kentucky. Of course, first and foremost, this match was a rematch of a 4-3 match we saw earlier this season in Charlottesville. Of course, a rematch of the 2022 NCAA championship as well. And credit to Virginia. They had, I think, six match points at the number one doubles position on Thursday. They got a 7-5 win from Rodesh and Von der Schulenberg at two. Kentucky, a 6-3 win at three. It was a barn burner of a set in doubles. Again, Woodall, Montez, multiple match points. They served for the set up 5-3 as well. Credit to Body and Ianni. They did not go away. And that's a duo that's been under 500 this year. And yet they fight off multiple match points. Sometimes Alafia Ianni does things and you just, your draw just, it just hits the floor. You're just like, how, how, how? And in the end, it is a 7-6 set, of course, to body Ianni. They take an 11-9 breaker at one to take that one-love lead. Now, again, things were really early across the board in singles, so I don't even count the single session we saw on Thursday. We reset here on Friday. Credit to the Who's. The only significant lead they had was Alex Kiefer, who was up 4-0 at 5. He closes out a set 6-4. They also get first sets from Chris Rodash 6-4 at 1. Ryan Getz 6-4 at 4. And then the big one from 5-3 down in the first, the Doc. Doc Vaughn, Jeffrey von der Schulenberg. He takes a 7-5 first set. That was the reset. That was the refocus. It felt like things were even across the board. And credit to the, the Who's. They kind of pulled away from there for a moment. Straight set win from Getz, who lost 7-6 in the third to body in the regular season. That loss clinched the match for Kentucky. So Getz, who has as much uh, as many uh, second most wins, excuse me, on the Virginia team in singles this year. He goes four and two over body. His kick serves a joke. Again, we're going to look back three years from now and be like, remember when Ryan Getz played four? <laughs> Wasn't that funny? Um, Getz wins in straights. Rodesh's matches moved to a couple of different courts, but he wins in straights. The big thing, junior Alex Kiefer has been as good as advertised this year. So solid in a four and three win over Jaden Weeks. It was three one for a while after that. And again, Vonder Schulenberg had a first set seven five, but Joshua Lapadat from a breakdown, he comes back. He takes a second set, 6-4 on two. You also had the other three set battles unfolding. Montez, Ieni forced to a third. Dahlberg, Kosne forced to a third. Now credit to Alafi Ieni. Gets a timely overrule, serving 15-30 in his 5-3 service game. It turns into a point penalty. He closes things out from there. 6-3 in the third. Lapidot, again, was down break points. Chances for von der Schulenberg to close. He fights so many of them off. 6-5, he's up in the third set when the match is finished. And that match does not finish because credit to freshman Mons Dahlberg. 7-6 in the third over Charlotte Cosne in a match that featured all sorts of aggression, all sorts of shot-making from the Kentucky freshman, and he is one just to watch moving forward in college tennis. That said, Chris Alioris, monologue complete. Here's the big thing. Virginia won at 5-6. and six. Those have been their weak spots this season, or at least the ones we were most uncertain about. If they're winning matches at five and six, they're going to defend their national championship. I if they're know. winning at five and six at both. You you don't think Texas can beat them losing at five and six? Yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> carry on. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you got to like your chances. Yeah. But, I mean, who are you beating in the Texas top four? <laughs> That's the question. So it's definitely still possible. But, no, that – I mean – Definitely is well, well needed from them because it's a it's a much tougher path if they don't get them. But, yeah, they were just so impressive. They come into the day down that that point, you know, from dropping the doubles point, And they just got off to quick starts in singles. They took the lead. They looked for a moment like they were going to run away with it. And I think that was the point where we got to actually see that. I said we hadn't seen them tested much in, in the ACC. It's been a while since we saw them tested. It looked again like even though they dropped the doubles point, they might just go 4-1 and it was going to be over, and it wasn't really going to be a test. But when Lapidot managed to get that set and split and send it to a third, that meant we were in for some three-setters. Yes, they jumped up 3-1, 
But yes, Ayane goes and closes out Montez. And now we have two matches. And Cosne was up basically. What we didn't, what you didn't mention there was he was basically up a break the entire third set. He was up a break early. He gives it back. He gets it right back again and gives it back to four all. And I mean, that was just a, that was a, a crazy finish to that match. Mm-hmm. But they were, they actually looked like for a brief moment that, hey, we're up three, two, but we could be in trouble here because we're down breaks. We were down a break the whole time on six and Lapidot had the scoreboard pressure advantage. They were staying on serve, but he served first and he would be up a game every time. And it, it you know, certainly you still would have rather been Virginia, but it was getting very, very tight. And then, I mean, Dahlberg just comes through for him in the end. I That was the key to me is, yes, they got tested, they got pushed, and the freshman comes up for them. That's going to pay dividends, and that sets up a great match for them with Texas. No, you're absolutely right. And, again, credit to the Cats. And why you couldn't write off the Cardiac Cats is they won a 4-3 match against Tennessee in the SEC semifinals. They won a 4-3 match against Georgia in the SEC final. They won a 4-3 match from six first sets down against Northwestern in the second round. They won a 4-3 match against Stanford from a doubles point down, I believe. Yep. The This team was the Cardiac Cats, and they didn't go away. And, man, a credit to Cedric Kaufman, Matthew Gordon, Coach Draxel as well. First name unknown. I don't Brian. know. Brian. I call Brian Draxel. I call him Mr. Draxel. That's the thing because I know Liam. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't call him Brian. Uh, but I'm old enough. I don't have to say Mr. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would be weirder if you called him Mr. Draxel, Chris. Let the record show. But, yes, uh, Brian Draxel, the fight this team has. Like, the amount of respect I have for what Cedric Kaufman is building right now with this Wildcat program, they just don't go away. But, I mean, you could say all of those things about Andreas Pedroso, Scott Brown. I'll give a mustache, Tret Huey, a little bit of credit as well, despite my best intentions. Um, Virginia could have folded. Like, absolutely. It was 3-1 on the scoreboard, and it's a credit to the Who's for building those straight sets. And it's a tutorial on why it's important to protect your first set leads. But man, like, I know it was 3-1, but when Lapidot fought off break points and took a 5-4 lead in the third and, you know, Alafia gets that overrule and wins, you're just like, uh, and with Kosne being up, you're just like, I, oh my God, Kentucky might actually do it. I, when I, Kosne was up a break at 3-1 and I think he had points for 4-1 and didn't get him. But that, that I mean, yes, at, at that moment, we were looking at it going, Holy cow, I think Kentucky's going to get themselves in a spot to come back and do it. Yeah, now we weren't dumb enough to say you'd rather be Kentucky because we've learned with our years. But, man, Kentucky was right there. That said, you look for this Virginia team now overall on the season. They moved to a remarkable 28-4. and They've won 20 consecutive matches. This is the second straight year, Chris, they've ripped off a 20-match win streak. It's the decade of the who's I keep saying it and it's stuck in my head. If you listen to the broadcast, you know, what's coming next. There's some who's in the house. Who, who there's some who's in the house, Chris. It's been a decade of this shit. Sorry, folks. It just has been where, where are my who's at? Yeah. The who's are in the house. Who, who, um, 2013 is the first title. They then win titles in 15, 16, 17, It's a new era, a new coach in Andreas Pedroso. He wins a title in 22. They're back into a final four here in 2023. I mean, again, I go back to the 08 team that was undefeated, won that first national indoor championship, Somdev, Tret, Dom, Inglot, et cetera. Uh, Did I say, no, no, 2008, Archit. I meant the team that lost in the semifinals. I I appreciate, I see what you were doing though. He said the I was going to say, certainly we're going to get, the, the spiel about the team that didn't win. No, 2011 is the best Virginia team. You guys know that fact. Shabazz, Domaj- 2011 freshman Alex Damajan, he walks into the top 100 if he turns pro after his freshman year. We're not doing that rant today, I promise. But it's 15 years, Chris. And like 15 years. I, I, I 15 years, two coaches, multiple classes of athletes. There's some who's in the house. Final thoughts on that semifinal. Yeah, I mean, look, I- I, I talked to, uh, you know, one of our big followers, Kentucky fan that was down here after the match. And I think he had the same take I did. Didn't, you know, doesn't feel good to lose the match. But even in his head said, you know, I don't feel horrible because 
I don't know how we could possibly beat Texas. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you, you see that, you know, <laughs> that wall in front of you. And I actually do think as close as that match was, I think I give the nod for a chance to beat Texas at to, to Virginia, having a better shot to do that. If someone's going to do it, than Kentucky, but man, that's, it's a, it's a tall order, no matter what, but this Virginia team's, I mean, look, they've got, they've got the top four. If they're going to get what they got today from Dahlberg and from Kiefer, then yeah, cross going looking down at that. Uh, yeah. It's, I didn't realize I was one, but carry yeah, on. Sorry. I, now you made me look at it. That was <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah. If they're going to get that out of five and six, it's a, it's going to be a war. Yeah, well said. And with that in mind, then let's get into that semifinal preview first before we move on to the other side of the draw. Texas, Virginia, you bring up a key point there, and I'm not going to offer a prediction, obviously, as we're on the broadcast now for both of those semifinals. I'll turn to Chris to have to do so. Um, and Archit, you can give your prediction as well. We'll get it. Te- Archit says Texas 4-2. He's right there uh, on it immediately. Here's my thing, and I think you brought up the biggest point, and you hear enough coaches. We did a Cracked Interviews press row. I talked to 29 of 32 head coaches. By the way, all six remaining teams, they had a representative on our show, so the Cracked Rackets boost continues. Every coach to a T talked about the importance of belief. Here's the thing. Virginia's the defending national champions. Like, yes, Texas has that swagger about them. We're the team. We're him, as the kids like to say. But that's been Virginia mindset all season long. And like they will look at Texas and say, oh, that's cute. You're a one seed. Like we actually have a ring. You want to see what that's like to have to beat us to go get a ring? I think they have the gumption, the moxie to take on this Texas team. Do they have the doubles? Do they have the singles depth? What are you watching most closely, Chris? Give me your thoughts on a match calculus. Yeah, first, I, I totally agree with that that take. And I've talked to several coaches here, too, the same, even coaches about their own team that yeah. said, you know, it just takes time to develop that. And because it takes time to do it, you can't just tell a kid believe, right? Yeah. It's like it's like telling a kid not to get tight when he's, you know, serving at 5-6, down 30-40. It just, you can't tell someone that. And when you have freshmen in there, like you've got, say, in in weeks and, and in Cousine, and you don't have the title. Yes, they got to the final last year, but they lost to Virginia. Virginia absolutely is going to walk in there thinking they can win, whether anybody else thinks it or not. They they believe, boy, I I don't even know where to start. I think, first of all, again, Texas, I've got to give the edge to Texas in doubles, I think. Uh, And if you and if Texas takes the doubles, I see no world. I mean, no world in which they lose four singles matches. I just don't see that happening. So I for that reason, I'd say the doubles point is absolutely critical for Virginia to have a shot and very possible for them. I just would lean towards Texas. Again, if you're going to beat Texas, if you're Virginia, you you have to win doubles. You have to beat Armilly at six. You have to find two more. And as good as everyone has looked, I'm not sure where those two come from. I mean, somehow you figure out how to split one and two. I don't know how you do. Maybe it's over Paley, but whatever. Split one and two. And then you're going to have to go to to, to the rat, you know, to three, four, five, it's possible. I just don't like their chances. I am exactly there with Archit. I think four, two Texas. You want me a clinch? Who are you looking at? Ooh, I mean, look, I talked to Mr. Harper today. He loved the Cleve prediction for the clinch, which well, was not a bad prediction, right? <laughs> uh, but, and you've got to go with a match that might be out there for, for a little while. So, Boy, I hate to say I, I, I'm good. I don't want to do it again, but yeah, I am going to do it again. Uh, it's going to be Cleve. All right. I like it. There's pandering and then there's pandering. And yes, we have seen the heart. Can I just say again, quick tangent? I'm a hugger, as you know. I've gotten a lot of hugs here in Orlando. The Harper parents, the uh, the, Beasley the Beasley parents, whom I love, the Luchonic family, whom at the end of my interview with Andrew, I made sure to send the love. And they go, we got love back for you when I saw them today. And it just put the biggest smile on my face. So shout out to the Luchonics um, as well. We got a question for you in the group chat, Chris, from Jason Kirsch. Shout out Southeast Michigan. Have to ask, where'd the vintage Iowa tennis shirt come from? Ah, I mean, okay, let's be fair. I don't like that it's vintage now. I know, well, you know, I, I, Wait, to ready be for fair, this? I, 
Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, okay, carry on. So, okay, so a couple notes about this. One, I I make it very clear. I do this for the gear. I yes. tell coaches, bring me your gear. I want gear. And it's whether I see them in person or whether they mail it to me, uh, I have it. I will be sporting another one tomorrow. Note number two. I My gift of the day, South Carolina, of uh, course, yeah. carry on. I, I can't possibly wear the shirt of a team that's actually competing in the championships <laughs> to appear biased. So I couldn't wear any of those. Uh, I'm, you know, notably sporting a Charlotte hat and Iowa shirt, and Florida State shorts. But to answer your question, uh, back when Dan Leitner was with Iowa, this actually, I would say, is not the vintage Iowa shirt because, hey, folks, they still have a women's team. And that is actually where this shirt came from, but everybody on the grounds has asked me the same question. Love the vintage Iowa shirt. It's like an antique coach Rodini told me, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh Hey, I'm sporting the Iowa shirt. Thanks coach Leitner, Who's no longer there, but that was a, uh, that was a gift from them. And, and that's why I'm sporting it today. I like the story. I like it again. I appreciate the engagement, Jason cursed as well. And yeah, uh, again, it's a, uh... It's it's really fun, uh, certainly to be on the grounds to get to interact with everyone and get to see these matches unfold as well. And again, Virginia to get us back in here for two winners over Kentucky. They'll take on Texas, both Archit, Chris picking Texas to advance to the national championship final. Now, the question is, who will they pick? Texas to face and of course we'll find out whom as it's going to be a battle between our number two and three seeds. We're going to stay chronologically here. Let's talk about TCU. <laughs> like, I think people are expecting me on the, on the show here today to like come out with tears or like be so upset. And like, I am, you, a, I look, you can't be upset. TCU was the better team. So there it is. And they took it to them. Well, so that's not true because let me do well, a, a brief monologue yeah, here. You talk about how we got there. Here is why I'm not upset. Truth be told on this TCU 4-1 result over Michigan. Of course, I, I don't get upset anymore. I actually am calloused up. I that's not true. I, I get very upset. I just know how to hide it better. Um this one though I'm not upset about. Like to your point, we came into this match saying Michigan, a Michigan team by the way that had not lost a match after winning the doubles point, they had to have doubles. Particularly given the fact that we saw Luke Fomba active and we saw him in singles, we'll get to that fact. Michigan had to have doubles. And all season long, doubles was the struggle, right? Yes, their team of Gavin Young, Andrew Fenty were really good at the one spot, but Maloney and Aaron Schneider, Styler and Bickerstedt, they had really struggled to come along at the two and three positions. And to see Michigan not only take the doubles point from a TCU team that is without question the doubles lineup in the country, just look at the track record, look at the names you have across the board, look at the fact that Jung and Maxted are a top 10 team in the country, ITA Fall Nets finalists, and they play three doubles legitimately on this roster. Michigan comes out, and despite, I love you, chair umpires, Anthony, you know, I literally saw Anthony, our head official, and I went down on one knee, and I go, sire, and I like wait for him to knight me officially, because of course he's the leader. Being a chair umpire sucks. Because you only get heard about if you screw something up or if people have a, a bone to pick with you. It was a terrible overrule. It was a terrible overrule to give Michigan the doubles point. And maybe that was the do the gift of tennis gods karma that TCU needed just to set them off and get them going because credit to TCU. And this is where my monologue will end, Chris. It was dead even. Dead even in this match through the first hour of singles. Styler takes a first set on one. Vivez from a breakdown takes a first set at six, but you had five all on courts two through five. You had breakers on courts three, four, and five, as well as a heavily knee braced. Haven't seen him in about a month. Luke Fomba competing at two. And this is where you just, you can't get mad if you're a Michigan fan, which I'm not anymore. But if you have any connection to the university of Michigan, I will speak for you here. Seven, six, first set to Jong. 7-6 first set to Gorsny, 7-6 first set to Captain Jack, 7-5 first set to Luke Fomba. It was dead even through the first hour. And when the backs were pushed against the wall and it was crunch time for both teams, TCU won the bit most important 10 minutes of the match. And from there, in 90-degree heat, TCU was just better prepared to weather the elements. And 
They looked like a top seed does. Straight sets from Fomba, five and three. You had the landlord, Sander Jong, seven, six, six, one. Captain Jack, the freshman, seven, six, six, one as well. And then the man I call the chosen one who came up with some of the most ridiculous hands and the most ridiculous gifts, singles or doubles throughout the course of this match. It's freshman Seb Gorsny, 7662. He looked on the precipice of cramps against a Gavin Young, who certainly was about to start cramping for Michigan as well. 4 1 uh, TCU over Michigan. You know, even Fernley had forced a third set on one. Now, credit to Bickerstaff, who probably played his best match of the season today. But man, like, Michigan played him. Like, if you're Michigan, the first hour 45, you couldn't have asked for more. And that's where, to your point again, like it was crunch time. It was breaker season. And TCU won the most important stretch of this match. They are deservedly through to the semis. Yeah, it really. No, you're right. That's that, my model. Okay, yeah, there that, it is. Michigan takes the doubles point, And then to the point where we're, you know, at five all on all of those matches, not necessarily simultaneously, three of them, I think, were. But, you know, two through five all go three of them go to breakers and one goes seven five. So to the point where you're at five all in all of those matches, it was a match. The problem for Michigan is they lost them all. And that was just a killer. Even at that, you start to think, hey, we've seen a team like South Carolina go to Tennessee and win doubles and drop five first sets and come back and win the match. It's possible. And you want to hold out hope, but boy, TCU just from that point, they just played very, very well and took and took it to them. But yeah, it was, it was absolutely a match running until the point where TCU made that huge push at the end of the first sets through the middle of the lineup. And that just put the dagger in the heart. Fomba served lights out today against Maloney lights out. He looked every bit of the six foot six. He is like, just there was nothing Maloney could do. He had a bunch of chances in the first, but there really wasn't much he could do after. How tall is Gorsney? Six, three, six, four, maybe yeah, three ish. I, I, when we walked over and, and talked to them after the match and I saw, you know, first time we're standing right next to him. I thought, Holy cow. He's big. Uh, I mean, I know Famba's big, but Gorsney yeah. looked big. No, he's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, ish. Like he's got the requisite size, and yeah, yeah he's got the lengthy arms. As Archit's pointing out here in the background, Archit, we're gonna get you a microphone later. I promise you will be a part of these podcasts moving forward here in the week. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, God, Famba. I mean, I agree with my own point. Famba was wow. exceptional. Um, you start disagreeing with your own. No, point. I we just like problems. But okay. I don't know if TCU actually, yeah, that's true. I don't know if I actually, like, if they sent this tweet or just in my head, I've so built it in. Can we just call Gorsney the chosen one? Like, I just think it fits. He clinched the hands. Just like how easy he makes it all look. Tell me you're in on the chosen one. Because yeah. like, oh, uh, for me, it's how good their freshmen are right away. It's like Pennington Jones, Gorsney are exactly as advertised. And by the way, they played Maxted, not Vivez at six and, even he did the job well. This lineup isn't. There's a reason they're the two-time defending national indoor champions, and now they get to flex their muscles in what is Texas, Florida heat. Yeah, I yeah. can't argue. Yeah, uh, sure, I, I they're there. I this is this is going to be just a try. I mean, both of these matches. I mean, look, we got the four best teams. You said it at the start. We've got the four best teams in college tennis mm-hmm. in the semifinals, which is all we can ask for. That's going to be a couple great matches. Absolutely. And all right, I'll do it quickly. Very quickly. What Andrew Fenty, Patrick Malone, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm, I might cry. So I'm, I'm really hoping like this may be why I've repressed it so much. Um, What Andrew Fenty, Pat Maloney and Andre Styler meant to this Michigan men's tennis program is everything, everything. And I can say firmly, I don't think we'd be where we are today here at Crack Rackets without Michigan legitimately becoming the legitimate, I don't want to say national powerhouse because they made a couple of quarterfinals and a national indoor semifinal two times, but like Michigan's real. And I just think because I, that is the university I attended. I think with Michigan being in the mix, there were times at national events where now coaches like we're kind of taking us a little more. Se- I don't know why they would take me more seriously as Michigan gets better, but I swear I felt that gravitational pull and 
you know, Andrew Fenty is going to be an All-American. Andre Styler is going to be an All-American. Pat Maloney better freaking make, what is it, round of 16 quarters to clinch All-American status in the NCAA singles draw because if his face isn't up somewhere at the Varsity Tennis Center, we're just not honoring the people who matter most to Michigan men's tennis. And the spirit, the ethos, the skill, just all of it. I, I love those three like brothers, and they have been brothers to me. Uh, like Again, they've been so kind over the years, and they just put Michigan back on the map. I don't know how else to say it, and this will be a bitter ending, and at some point I'll go see those guys, and we'll all go cry together, get a good session out as we deserve. What's what's the Jimmy V quote? A good laugh and a good tears. Now now that's a, that's good, a day. good day. Yeah, exactly. We'll, have, we'll go have that good day here later tonight, but again, I started out by saying I'm a hugger. I'm an affectionate man. I love those three. They're my brothers. I'd kill for them. Anything they need, I'm right there for them. They put Michigan men's tennis back on the map. And as bitter as this is, the program would not be where it is without those three. So if they listen to this, if you're close to them, someone share that they know I love them. We'll talk about them more later. But yeah, to your point, I didn't cry. Shout out. Um, TC was just the better team. Like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. And I agree with you. I think we have the four best teams because now we can move to our final result of the day. Ohio State dropped doubles. And yet they earn four straight set victories, Chris Hallioris, on their way to a 4-3 win over the Georgia Bulldogs. This was a really weird match in the sense that it was 4-3 on the scoreboard. But I don't know that anything was that competitive across the board. And it started in doubles where, look, Kreuter and Johnston, uh, Quinn and Bride, they they dominated. Like they yeah. were up. They they were not broken uh, throughout the course of the match. They protected their break leads uh, on serve and they take a 1-0 lead over the Buckeyes coming out of doubles. But as we have said all season long, this is pound for pound. No question. The deepest Ohio State team. I'm going to say it again. Pound for pound. No question. Love you, 2009 Buckeyes. If Matt Allure's healthy, does the Stevie Johnson four-peat ever happen? Some scholars would argue no. Love you, 09 team. That 18 team with Torpegard and Tubert and all the guys. That was like our first group. That team means a lot to us. Those teams didn't have this depth. And whether it's for the Buckeyes, again, Four straight set victories. Trotter 27 and 0 after his straight set win over Kreuter at four. Anthrop, it's like 19 and 2 or 20 and 2 or 20 and 1 in something for the redshirt freshman on the right day again. You're going to see his forehand and say, is that JJ Wolf playing at six for these Buckeyes? He gets a straight set win over a senior in Theodore Yuska, of course, at the number two spot. Kingsley Kingsley's. And I finally got to meet Mrs. Kingsley today. The most lovely human. And I made a joke to her. I go, yeah, like, sorry if we don't cover Kingsley enough. It's because we know, like, it'll be 3-1, 4 all in the second set, and then we'll go to Kingsley's court. Because uh, Cannon likes to get his court time in. And credit to him, to Phil Henning. That was a really fun match. Again, uh, in the end, uh, I'm blanking Kingsley, a straight set victory over Henning. That's three points for the Buckeyes. Now, credit to George. I mentioned how good they were in, in doubles. Ethan Quinn is the real deal. Any doubts you had after months one and two evaporated. He wins what his final like 11 matches or 12 decisions of the year. Yeah, 11. Thank you for the confirmation. Art shit. He's now our senior SEC correspondent, Chris. 11 straight for Quinn. Trent Bride in what turns out to be his last match on the job for Georgia. He gets a really impressive straight set. No one beats JJ Tracy in straight sets except for Trent Bride, who did so today. Comes down to the number five spot, a, fo- a spot that felt very swingy from the start, Chris. It was a first set to Alex Bernard, but Miguel Perez-Pena, the sophomore, was up 5-2 in the second until he wasn't. Five straight games for the freshman, 7-5 set, clinches the 4-3 win for the Buckeyes. Your reaction to what we saw? Yeah, look, I definitely was not expecting Georgia to take that doubles point, mm-hmm. but when we did the show on what we thought would happen, I said, look, Ohio State takes doubles. Ethan Quinn wins. But then Ohio State just takes it 4-1 after that. So a doubles point can go either way. The biggest surprise, honestly, to me in the match was not that he took the doubles point. 
it was the Trent Bride win. Yeah. That is the win I did not see coming. It's and, the one you need if you're going to pull off an upset. Yeah. And when they got that, I said, wow, now it's match on. Mm-hmm. Now, now we've got a real match here. And it actually, it looked like Georgia was going to do it. And then, you know, we can fast forward all the way to the end. The wheels just came off for Pena. I mean, he was, he had dropped uh, a set, but had a four love lead in the second. And just, you know, I, he, he just had some issues. Okay. On court, we, you know, we saw the, we saw the, the sickness. We saw the yeah, clean up, I was gonna say, clean up on aisle four. I just wanted to clarify with Archit that there were some uh-huh. stomach issues. He did, uh-huh. unfortunately, it, I yeah. don't know how to say vomit. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that was an issue, obviously, for Perez Pena. Speaks to the 90-degree heat. Yeah, that was, all, that was all about the weather. And Lord knows what would have happened had they gone to a third. And we made those comments there, like whether it was Bernard, whether it was Pena, either one of them, had they gone a third, somebody had to cramp. I mean, I don't know who it was going to be, but it was going to it was going to bound to happen. Uh, but I mean, it was a great fight from Georgia. Absolutely tremendous fight. And yeah, to beat JJ Tracy, I mean, just, yeah, that was a, that was a tremendous match. I just think in the end, the, just the depth there for Ohio state is, ah, it's just so good. And to try to try to take out Bernard Nanthrop. And this is the reason you said we've been talking about this all year. I started the season with my talks on Ohio State, how I think this is a different team from past years, because this team in a lot of the past years, you've had teams that were great. And I mean, great indoors. Mm -hmm. And you always questioned the outdoor, you know, how does it translate to the outdoor move? But this year, when you've got guys like Bernard and like Anthrop, who grew up playing in Florida, playing outdoors at the bottom of the lineup, they're going to benefit that team on the outdoor courts. It's like it's probably one of the best chances they've had. And yeah, it's it's a tough team. No, it's you mentioned it. And this is you mentioned that belief. It's something worth noting Four, three, four straight set matches. And yes, the Buckeyes did get four straight uh, four first sets and protect all of their leads. But let's be clear, it was 3-2 Georgia in this match after the Quinn and Bride wins. And with MPP up 5-2 in that second set before, again, stomach cramps, he does unfortunately get sick on the court. But MPP's up 5-2. Henning and Kingsley are on serve in the second. And that match was just damn good tennis. Like, that's just two top 10 or 15 players in the country, upperclassmen, nine years of experience between the two of them. That's two players at their best doing battle. Under no circumstances was it like, oh, Ohio State's got this in the bag. It's a formality. This is the sort of match that for a group that's done a lot of cool things together, but hasn't won a national indoor title, hasn't made it to an NCAA final as a group. For them to be down 3-2 and pull, uh, pull things out in that fashion, I mean, come on now. Like, Absolutely remarkable for this Buckeye team. This is the win that I think I'm just going to throw them under the bus lovingly. The John J. Parsons of the world who say I need to see Ohio State win a match like this outdoors before I believe they can. We now all saw it like this is what Chris and and I and I'll say Nick Gruskin because God, you all should hear my younger brother's thoughts on this Ohio State team. He has pushed all of his poker chips in on them. This is what we expected like this. You're you nailed it. We made the Bernard Anthrop points in January, and boy, is it manifesting itself here look, in we, May. We made those points when Robbie Cash was undefeated, and you asked me, well, what are you going to do when it comes time to outdoor season? And I said, I'm going to sit Robbie Cash, which is exactly what Ty sure. Tucker's done. He's lost now, what, maybe one singles match on the year? But you're going to play the guys that are going to get you that title outdoors, and that's the guys that are going to do it. So, yeah, that it's a... This team's very well suited for these conditions. Yeah, it's just it's so impressive to see what this Ohio State team has done for three. And, you know, again, we had three. This is just big picture take before we get to our Ohio State TCU semifinal preview, Chris. Three teams today. Was that a deep breath like you're ready for the preview and you're ready to end the show? No, I'm trying to think ahead. I have absolutely no idea who I'm picking and I'm having to walk through the matches because that sigh scared me. Um, and I was like, oh, no, what did I do wrong? No, um, no. I just don't want to make a pick in that. We way. had three teams today drop doubles points and ultimately come back to win. And shout out to Bobby Knight, who on Twitter pointed out that's the first time since the 2014 men's event that that happened. By the way, 
what was the last time we had a funky NCAA? It was, well, 2019 when Texas won, but 2014 was the other one where USC somehow wins that title. That was the team that had Carousel at five, Adrian Puget at six, and you know, again, the one, two, three of Thompson, Garone, Mackey, and a healthy Gage Brimer at four. And somehow that team didn't win a title. I'm not still salty about that. By the way, I like, I don't know why I'm biased towards that team. I just like, I thought they were so, I just, I couldn't believe they didn't win. Um, especially looking back history wise. Um, anyways, all of that said, it gets back to this theme. We have the four best teams. I have no doubt in my mind. Texas-Virginia was matchup number one. Matchup number two, the margins might be even thinner. I mean, I said on paper, TCU's the best doubles point in the country, but like, have we ever seen Ohio State lose the doubles point in back-to-back matches under head coach Ty Tucker? I'll defer to Bobby Knight, but I would imagine the answer is if it's happened, it's once in a blue moon. Um, So I don't know who you're picking there. Maybe you lean firmly over Boulay, but like if Fomba serves like that, him and Kingsley are going to be a battle. Captain Jack versus Tracy. I've never seen Tracy lose two matches in a row, so you don't bet against him there. I've never bet against a man named the landlord, Sander Jong, but guess what? He's playing an undefeated 27-0 trotter at four. And then even on the bottom, like Gorsny Bernard in on the freshman. Anthrop versus Vivez or Maxted, that's maybe the only spot where you say, not the only spot, but where you're like, Ohio State, it's a lean because Anthrop is freaking Anthrop. But like, okay, we just went through all seven points. And the only one where I actually feel really confident is like, well, Anthrop's just playing lights out. But man, like, oh, is I, that why you pick Ohio State? Because you're like 1-0? I have more leans than that, but I okay. still have to walk through them in my head. I de- I'm with you. I Take de- me through. Just I from definitely... top to finish, doubles one through six. Doubles, I have no clue. That's <laughs> that's that's where I start, right? Okay, I, so I... tiebreaker goes to Archit. Who are you taking? Zero clue as well? Oh, he's taking OHIO. Okay, he's taking Archit Ohio State in a doubles play. Okay, one, Fernley. Okay. Fair. Two, that's my second. I have no clue. Like, okay. I, the only thing I'm going to say there is I'm going to lean Kingsley simply because now this will be two days in a row for Famba sure. after having not played. And we don't but even if, know if he'll play tomorrow. Yeah, and it, but if he looks like he did today, I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then three. Three. Captain Jack oh my goodness, Tracy. I, I, only because of the way I saw... Tracy get beaten today. I'm going to say Jack, but I mean, I, I have to go there, but Tracy, like you said, Tracy doesn't lose two matches in a row. I'm take, I'm going to take Pennington there. Okay. okay. Now we're down. Do you know, they four. tweeted out today, Jack Whittington Jones. Just want to say that was pretty funny. I laughed. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for as much as I love the landlord, there's zero chance of betting against Trotter. You can't. He's 27. Uh, there's, yeah, there's no <laughs> chance. So, so I got Trotter. Okay, how many how many Ohio's do I have? I got Cannon, I got Trotter, so that's two, and I, I think you have, and you I have got Jack, so it's two one right now. In two your it. okay, we're going to the next match. Gorsney Bernard, this is my heaviest lean. My heaviest lean is Gorsney. Okay. There's there's no way Gorsney. I mean Bernard just didn't. He doesn't have that weapon, and sure. Gorsney's yeah. There's just too much. Yeah, but physically, how's Gorsney gonna feel? He was, I mean. They're all going to feel bad. That's actually hey, look. Bernard was that even though that was a straight set match, he that was not an easy match that sure. he was playing either. Uh, and then six Anthrop, Ohio State. I'm definitely leaning there. Mm-hmm. So now I'm what? Although the, to TCU, just quickly to add notes, what, because I, I appreciate how thorough your breakdown's been. They could throw fresh legs in Vivez out they, there at six, I, and I don't hate that choice at all. I don't hate the choice. I don't care. I'm taking Anthrop either way. Okay. <laughs> So, so I'm, I think at, at least in singles, I'm at three to Ohio state sure. with, you know, unclear at, at a uh, number two. Uh, yeah. And, and then, and then the double. So it, or three, I mean, sorry, yeah. it could go in my mind either way, which makes me want it. So here's the, in my own head, I want to say, because of that, then I have to be leaning Ohio state. The problem is I just don't know how you beat TCU. Like I, and I'm, I, I don't know how you beat either of these. Teams. I know big picture. I don't know how you get them, but just because of that, because I really do, uh, I really do think that's, uh, boy, yeah. Fern, Fern, Fernley, I got Fernley, I got Gorsney. Oh my goodness! Yeah, 
I, I, I GNF because we couldn't decide. I, can't, I, I really can't. Do decide. you want to defer? You're also on the broadcast. You I, don't have to. No, make a yeah, pick. I mean, I, I have to pick. I have to pick something, right? Sure. Uh, I legitimately think Ohio State is not going to lose two doubles points in a row, mm-hmm. and that's going to make me roll with the Bucks. Wow. I didn't see that coming. I thought you were going to go Horn Frogs. Arch, it's giving me a 4-3-O-H signal as well. I just think the pick is 4-3. Like, that's the pick. It's like, it's going to be a 4-3 match. That's what we're both leaning. It's the ultimate cop-out. Sorry, folks. That's what I've done all season. That's what I get to do yeah. now. Moving no, it is. And I think that, and I, I do think the doubles point's going to decide it. These teams are so even. I don't we see... said that today. Yeah. And then a team, it's three teams, won four singles matches. Yeah. Yeah. But that's. <laughs> I I don't feel good about the pick in any way, shape, or form. This uh, is where we need tennis abstract to come in, or a college tennis ranks formula to run the numbers for us and give us a projection we can turn to. And that's like 2024 content. I promise we'll get Chris Hallioris, Tanner Stump on that at some point here to quantify those numbers. This match is so good. Like yeah. this match is so, this is the match we deserve as college tennis fans. And look, it's going to be played smack dab in the dead of the heat, noon. Eastern time or 12, 1230 tomorrow, excuse me. Yeah. It'll be on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Maybe you lean TCU because they're more accustomed to that heat, but does any team come into events more fit than the Buckeyes? Some scholars would argue no. <sighs> I'm so excited. This I'm so be, excited. I mean, look, I want to see both of these matches. That one to me is more, I mean, it's more level. It's the... I can I have a I can lean at least Texas in the other match just because they're they're just so good. I can't even I have a hard time even leaning in this match. This is gonna be a great one. I completely agree with you. And folks, again, we're gonna have both matches on our broadcast, 12 30 p.m. Eastern time. I believe if super producer Daniel Westoff can confirm for me, I'll turn to him here. But yeah, I mean uh, uh, simultaneous uh, semis. I know it's just what a day. What a phenomenal day of tennis. And again, a massive shout out to super producer Daniel Westoff, Crack Racket CEO Dalton Thieneman. They do so much work behind the scenes to make everything possible here at Crack Rackets. And as such, me and Chris get to have the most fun in the world. I promise you there are no two people who enjoy their jobs more right now than Chris Hallioris and I. And again, to every player, coach, parent who have made us feel special. We love you. We appreciate your support. We're going to go hard for you over the course of these next 10 days. I promise no one will provide more coverage of everything happening in the college tennis world. Then our crack rackets teams will have broadcast for you. According to West off 12 PM tomorrow for the men's semifinals D three action for you all starting at 9 AM Eastern time as well. Of course you do have the women's final tomorrow night, North Carolina versus North Carolina state. I'll be back with John J Parsons on an additional episode to recap it all. Archit, you gave me an Ohio State pick, right? You said 4-3 Buckeyes over TCU. Okay, so both Archit and Chris are picking a Texas-Ohio State final. We'll find out if that's the actual case. And when we have, you know, when we roll out the balls, play these matches tomorrow. With that said, shout out as always to our dear friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. Chris Elliors, any final thoughts before we wrap this show? I'm ready for more tennis. My only final thought is, look, if you're in the area and you're coming out here, Gruskin loves cookies. Thank you, Mrs. Beasley. Please, if you want to make them vegan friendly, even better. But cookies, we'll take cookies. Absolutely. I texted that photo to my dad and I was like, I'm your son. And he goes, I'm proud. He's like, I'm proud that that's your brand, Alex, that you're known as a cookie lover. I've raised you well. Um, Yeah. With that said, for the fantastic Chris Adlioris, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our CEO, Dalton Thieneman, the great Archit Suresh, who really has just been, yeah, show show them to him, everyone. Oh, there's the photo of the Beasleys. Dalton, again, can't thank them enough. Westoff, if we can go back to the main screen, please. You see Archit on your screen. Give us a little thumbs up. Hello, Archit. That's the man behind the Twitter account, the man who we count on for a lot of things here this week at Cracked Rackets. We appreciate having him here and for everyone who contributed to our broadcast today, our dear friends, of course, at Tennis Point as well. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening. Well, I was going to wrap the podcast, but here's the problem. So first of all, it's a mini break. So that's the break. Just so Whoa. you know, Chris, just a reminder first. That's part it's a. a. Mini, it's a yeah. 
12 hour long mini. Well, I got it. Yeah, 12 hour long. That's funny. <laughs> I actually didn't know. Leave all this in West stuff. I was like, am I wrapping the broadcast here? Am I wrapping the podcast? So thank you to everyone who tuned in to our broadcast. But again, for Chris Halioris, Archit Suresh, Dalton Thieneman, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and for everyone here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Chris, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all with more tennis tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>